What up, people? We have got a special podcast for you today. This is a Biscuits and Tea podcast. Don't forget, we have our other podcast, Biscuits and Tea, on Apple and Spotify or 11th Commandment YouTube channel where you can watch all of the podcasts that we've got. This is Josh Brunet. He is the U.S. men's national team captain of the Paralympic 7-a-side team. He has been through a whole hell of a lot. You will see in this podcast, if you think you're a badass, just wait until you see his bio and all the stuff that him and all these guys have done. He was an elite U.S. Army Ranger. This podcast is badass. Enjoy. Oh, also, Sport Tea, the official sponsor of Biscuits and Tea, the world's greatest endurance tea. It is a tea without sugar that is going to give you a kick. It is not going to give you that crazy sugar rush. It is going to give you a nice, steady dose of energy so you can work out and ball all the time. The link is right over there in the show notes or check them out at sporttea.com, soon to be on goldarama.com, and we will see you later. The first time I was blown up, like close, my second TBI, but the first time I was blown up, it was actually a guy in front of me, or two people in front of me actually stepped on the device. The guy in front of me took a lot of the shrapnel, like his face was pretty bloody. Biscuits and tea. 34. Period. 99. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome in. Welcome, welcome. We're subdued today. We're behaved young gentlemen because we have a guest. All right. So our guest. Very special guest. Very special guest. Yeah, that's very true. Josh. Josh Brunet. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Everybody's doing, doing great. great except for Tyler because he's great. Tyler. So he's a goalkeeper. How can you ever be good if you're a goalkeeper? You know, I don't. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> exactly. He understands. Uh, he, he understands. What position? What position are you, Josh? By the way, uh, get into everything. Uh, mostly fullback. Lately, getting into the midfield now. So changing my uh, my positioning around on the team. It's kind of weird. I'm getting okay. older and I'm moving further up the field, but I'm okay with that. So whatever. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's fine. You can go stand up there up front, like maybe get to number nine, just let everyone run and just stand next there and tap the ball in the net. Right. That's the and way then just is. yell at them when they mess up too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tyler knows about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go ahead, Tyler. Explain. Yeah. Explain your goalkeeper theory. On on the fact that we run around the entire oh game, my gosh. we do all of the work, and then when one thing happens, we let one shot go by, you guys just freak out. No, you guys just confuse work with actual talent and skill. How, how, <laughs> explain more. Explain more. What What about what you do can we not do? Well, no, I just always bring it, I just bring it back to the marathon runners. A marathon runner can be like, oh, playing – Playing in the field is easy. I run so much more than they do. Well, it's that's not a, just that's the like running, your main. Yeah, that's your main. Yeah, it's running. Yeah, you have to make a few passes. If you miss a pass, no one cares. If you miss five passes, no one cares. If you miss an open goal, no one cares. Like just. Well, that's not true. Yeah, that's it not, depends. Yeah. Not open goal. If you miss a, <laughs> if you miss a contested, contested chance, yeah. then it's yeah. So. Are you? It sounds more like Josh. Just correct me if I'm wrong here. It just sounds like he's maybe just annoyed that we got the better job. I just think that you just don't have enough glory in your job, right? And we get all the glory because we score the goals and you keep them out. Is that it? No, it's not glory. It's, uh, hmm. 
I don't, I don't know if I have the right word. I mean, we just had, like, one of our keepers just got two games. First game we won, second game we didn't win, benched. Like, it's okay. – it doesn't, it, that just, it doesn't happen in, for you guys. You can – a striker can go on a three-game, four-game, no goals, and they're still going to be on the field game five if – unless there's, like, a huge oh, difference. Josh, is your guys' goalkeeper as annoying as Tyler? Or I hope <laughs> – Oh man, no, he's all right. He's he's not not, not that annoying. Um, <laughs> Wait, let me let me. No, he's pretty, but they're they're definitely a different breed. They're they're different. They're uh, I don't know. They're uh, socially a little different. So I, I mean, I don't know <laughs> you. you that well. I don't know you that well, but he's he's a cool guy. But you know, just a little off. Before you guys try to alienate me from Josh some more, Will, I don't think you're aware, but you picked another uh, Virginia boy to come on the. That's a good point. Come on the show. I'm, I'm perfectly okay. I, ha- I hold nothing against Virginia. Oh, my. I don't know where oh you're getting now that. you're saying this. Now it's interesting. I'm maybe, maybe. But there's there's a big difference between Virginia. Virginia has a weird Virginia setup. Though, so. So, but I, so I graduated I from Mary Washington, that, though. So Okay, fair, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of a, a well-traveled Virginian. There you go. <laughs> he says that. B, do you see the way he says, like, I, I graduated from Mary Washington? As far as I know, I don't really remember Tyler's college, but I feel like he went to, like, eight colleges and then, like, did, like, one credit at Mary Washington and then, Dude. like, tells everyone that he graduated Dude. from Mary Washington. What, what is the really – what's the real story here? I did, bro, he told me he went to Oregon State. We were in Blackpool on the subway. I was <laughs> screaming at him because he was talking about how Oregon State was his powerhouse. They won, like, two games. When he played there, <laughs> we were ranked like number six in the nation. But, oh God, here we go. But no, I, oh I did four and a half years at Mary Washington, and I had a medical red shirt. And then I went for I was at Oregon State for three months for my red shirt oh. senior year. Gotcha. Okay. Well, this is a perfect segue into everything that Josh has done. Cool stuff, not goalie stuff. Um, given that I saw your, I saw you have plenty of interviews out there and stuff and stuff like that, and there's tons uh, about you. So. Getting into this, why don't you just kind of tell us how you got to where you are today? Because it's a story that is one that is, it's a bit winding. It's not a straight line. You had your path on a straight line, what you knew you wanted to do, and then you've adapted really well, which is probably something for all these guys out here wanting to hear from someone who's been in your position. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just kind of a brief background. Just I am a Virginia boy. Grew up between Virginia and Germany, actually. My mom's full German, so I did a good amount of time over there as well. And then uh, just growing up, my family's big military family. My dad, two older brothers are in. I, something that I just wanted to do. It, it, ca- it captured, my, captured my interest. So um, as soon as I left high school, I actually left high school early. For a while, I didn't know if I graduated high school, to be completely honest. I took all my um, exams and stuff early, and I never – I was a pretty terrible student. Not not a bad kid, just just didn't want to be in school. I was just ready to join the Army. So I left early, did 10 years, uh, a good amount of my time in Ranger Regiment here in Georgia, um, and then I was injured quite a few times, um, ended up medically retiring and then rolling into, uh, the team I'm in now. And it, I actually found this team through a flyer through the VA process. Um, so it was just a matter of just trying out a couple times and, and, and I was pretty terrible at first to be completely honest with you. I haven't touched a ball in probably 10 years prior to trying out. So it took me a while to get, uh, to be a, a full or full time on the team, but yep, yeah, I'm here now and I've been with them ever since late 2015. Two two things before we even go in. Uh, sure. When you're referring to the team, sure. maybe you want to <laughs> tell them. Oh yeah, it's what a, team exactly. It's the U.S. Para Seven Aside team, so the our, our Paralympic team. So it's our the third 
the third senior team under U.S. soccer. It's just uh, uh, men with um, mild disabilities, either CP, stroke, or in my case, traumatic brain injury. I've had a few overseas. Right. What size field is that? Um, so it's 70 by, I believe, 50 or 55. If you just take a normal 11s field and you go top of the D to top of the D, that's that's the length we play on. Okay. Okay. So and it's and it's yeah it's seven aside so six field players and it's it's a lot of running so yeah. there there are no plays off ever ever for any position so it's 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 wow it, I didn't realize that it, you guys played uh, so you said it's seven v seven yeah that's that's still quite a bit of space is pretty much the same as I'm guessing as if you were playing eleven v eleven it's in my opinion I think it's more it's it's way more, more way more ground to cover yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we yeah. play in training. Teams pretty commonly go from the D to the D or 18 to 18, and you play 11 v 11, and yeah, <laughs> they could take away okay. five players on each side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of space. <laughs> wow. Is there a lot of – does that create a whole lot of 1v1s, by the way? Like a whole lot of 1v1 – I mean, offensively. It, it I guess can, sure. I mean, it can. It just, just depends. And But with our game, there's also no offsides. So you, you're always having guys camping behind the goalkeeper sometimes, behind our last defender. So it's really it's really a chess game too. It's not just some open game where you can you know it's you have to be wow. some of the top tier teams that the tactics have to be spot on. So we we try to avoid the one v ones, but yeah, sure it's inevitable. And there's a lot of teams like Brazil and Iran who who go on the counter and they'll get you and they'll get it after your last defender. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's a big tactical battle for sure. And then the goal box and everything is at all the same dimensions as a normal. No, field? it's it's small. It's smaller. It's smaller. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, can we? I uh, just out of curiosity before. I mean, clearly we're all soccer guys here and and all this, but I'm curious because we asked DK, uh, who was uh, a, a naval, who is a naval intelligence officer, on the on the podcast about. What's his title? Tyler looks like no. I was just gonna say he he's been in Stafford for um, the past like ten years. So I don't know if you still have roots or you've been spending time there. So I was actually curious if maybe you actually knew him. No, no, no idea who he is. So so Stafford is where Quantico is. It's a big Marine Corps base. Oh, and 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 the Marines are core of the Navy, so they might be all floating through. And then you're right. You're right by DC as well. Um, but I actually just moved here from Stafford, so I might recognize his face, but I don't I don't know of the guy. All right, so Quantico counts as Stafford. Quantico, I mean, Quantico is Quantico. It's the big Marine Corps base. Yeah. I think it actually goes by the address Quantico if you're address, shipping something there. Mm-hmm. But it is, I mean, it, it is in Stafford. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, my question was going to be, what did, as far as, it was it was really interesting to have that discussion because we're, for the most part, pretty ignorant on, on how things are run within the military and what's required. And then it was really cool because we were going, and you can probably touch on this, the the things that are necessary for you to have that mentality that was <clears throat> for you to succeed within the military and to be sure. successful and, and all that stuff. You, you clearly carried into what you're doing now and probably into everything else that you do in your life. But uh, what is, you said you were an army ranger. Correct. What does that mean exactly? Is that some sort of, can you bring us through what is needed What's necessary? Is this any um, top sure. of the line? What's yeah, that? so yeah. so it's, it is part of special operations community. Um, if if I wanted to tell, if I wanted to explain my job to somebody who has no idea what the military is, but they've just heard kind of big names amongst the branches, we are not 
the Navy SEALs, because but we are, you could kind of say we're the Navy SEALs of the Army. Not really, but because everybody heard of Charlie Sheen in the movie Navy SEALs, right? So <laughs> so we are the special offer, or Green Berets. I mean, you have Green Berets in the Army, but Ranger Regiment's much cooler than them. Um, but they're also considered special. We, we got a guy on the team. He's former uh, SF guy, Green Beret. So I make sure I got to put some jabs in there for him. I still love him though. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so we're, we're special operations community um, in the Army. So, and uh, primarily we're, we're an elite infantry force is, is the best way. I mean, you can Google it. There's some standard thing there, but it's just special operations. And part of, we do direct action missions. So we go overseas um, and you know, all, all the kind of Gucci stuff you see on TV, just a lot less Hollywood and more realistic. But it, it is a like a, a top tier element and part of the army. What does that mean? <clears throat> so just to, sorry, to, what does it mean? Not I mean, we see Hollywood. We see I've, I haven't seen a whole lot of the latest movies, but like what's the biggest difference then from someone who's actually going there doing the training? Like also, do you have to learn everything? Elite operation sounds like you have to know how to like make fire out of water. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, there, there there are some misconceptions. Not not everybody who's in Ranger Regiment can be dropped in the woods and survive for three months by themselves. You know, like you, you can go through st- uh, training. It's called SEER training, um, survival training. Um, and in there, yeah, I mean, you have to you have to know a ton of different jobs, but primarily you're a shooter. You know, just you're. You're great with your weapon. And then for me, when I was in, I was also a breacher. So meaning I had to learn how to gain entry into doors with explosives, but not just using bombs, but mechanical devices like Hooli tool stuff you'll see with firefighters or donkers where you just a big piece of metal to knock doors in. So um, a big part of my job was gaining entry, but also having to blow caches up. We find a bunch of weapons or something using demolitions to um, to destroy all that. Um, so, so each person's kind of tailor-made, but in the long run, or in the big picture, we're all shooters. So we're all walking together, trying to go into an objective, either to find a guy, bring a guy home, do, do something. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to keep it PG here, but you get what I'm saying. And yeah, uh, totally. Sure. Feel free to speak. You can speak openly, man. This podcast is, has had on God knows. If you even met King, shout out to King, our last <laughs> guest, probably blew the whole doors open on everything <laughs> that could possibly be said on a podcast. So Fair enough. feel free to, to, to feel at home. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, I, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, when you were talking about kind of like the Hollywood side of things, I feel like everybody's education regarding the military kind of comes from watching those movies and TV shows. I'd imagine that's pretty annoying. So I was just trying to like compare it to like, you know, soccer. So you guys remember the movie, uh, bend it like Beckham. Uh, Barely. Oh, was it it based off of, Oh no, I'm thinking she's the girl. Yeah. It was about a girl who's Indian and, you know, stereotypically they don't become professional athletes. And then, you know, she, works her ass off and then she gets into a team training and then, you know, she ends up playing professionally. And I'm like, I'm trying to think like, okay, well in that movie, that's, they're trying to give an idea of what it would be like to go professional. And it's like, that is a hundred percent, nothing <laughs> what would actually happen or what it would be like. And I would imagine it's super annoying for you as someone who's been in the, you know, in the army, like seeing it portrayed on TV and stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I say that because I mean, the TV movies, they just overdo it. You know, it's just, it's just, at some point it gets ridiculous. So you're watching guys, um, 
and they're using equipment not how it's ever meant to be or just you know they just look ridiculous or or they're shooting tons and tons of rounds without any ear pro on you would go deaf after like 10 times <laughs> shooting really? a rifle t- i mean yeah no it's it's pretty uncomfortable if you've ever shot a gun and you never wear ear protection it'll ring your ears for a little bit and they're like talking normally between each other with no ear protection and it, it drives me nuts uh, yeah, a, yeah. a little bit but but i mean don't get me wrong we're, we're cool we 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 worked really hard to be cool so we are definitely the hollywood yeah. of the military i mean yeah. we deserve that right because we busted our ass for it but yeah there are yeah, some yeah. movies that it's just like come on dude <laughs> I've, I've heard lone survivor was pretty accurate i don't know yeah i mean it's still kind of i i watched that movie it was it was all right that's a you know it's a tough one for me because it was it was it's based on true events pretty tragic events but if we're talking mm-hmm. about just on the movie standpoint it, i would say it's one of the better military movies that i've seen as far as seeing their equipment and whatnot but Again, yeah. it you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was actually for for me. It was actually Black Hawk Down. I'm not sure if any of you guys are familiar with that movie. It came out yeah, in, yeah. in '90 uh, or early 2000s. I, I went and watched that with my brothers, and from that moment on, I just wanted to go and I knew I wanted to go in the army. But from that moment on, I think that's when I wanted decided to go in a Ranger Regiment specifically. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, what was <clears throat> out of your training and all the things that you did learn? What was the hardest thing i mean what was oh. if there was you know and did you by the way learn uh i'm always curious but i didn't ask dk did you learn some sort of uh and i can't find the right word uh, kind of like first aid like how much did they teach you on being able to take care of someone and how much of all the things that you learned can you still do sure I, I, not necessarily as far as first aid goes, uh, you know, now I've been out of regiment for, for a while now. I, I medically retired in 2015. So now this is five years later. And even from then, I had to walk away from regiment last couple of years because of my injuries. But they had a thing called RFR. It might be still considered the same thing, Ranger First Responder. And it's just basic basic uh, aid during combat. You know, if somebody gets shot, being able to apply a tourniquet, keep them alive, get them to the medics. And then you have the thing called the golden hour where you want to make sure those medics keep them alive and get them to the proper doctors, whoever they need to be seen to be kept alive within the hour. But yeah, so it's like um, basic medical aid, tourniquets, applying bandages where it needs to be, um, you know, and, and getting as, 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 as difficult as gunshot wounds to the chest, being able to seal that, making sure they're laying on the right side or the proper side, not just the right side. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're treating a lot of stuff. Sure. So, so um, it, it is pretty intense. And, and what makes it harder is that 90, 90, 95% of the time this is still happening at night because we're, we do yeah. most times nighttime operations. So we're learning this in the daytime to be comfortable with it. And then we flick the lights off and we put our night vision on and then we have to do it all over again, which is compl- it complicates everything, yeah. but you get comfortable with night vision after a while. So, so it becomes second nature for sure. Something I've always been curious with is how does the military, especially like in the field, deal with more minor injuries? Like if you pull a hamstring or like no, that doesn't, like, do you, that doesn't you exist. Just, no, that doesn't. You, exist. you just sit yeah. no. and just <laughs> you know, go. You, you, no, you, no little. I can't speak on behalf of all the military because I was such in a, like a smaller community. And, and fortunately for us, we have a lot of guys who are, you know, with the whole fight or flight thing, they just tend to fight and they fight through mm-hmm. it and they don't complain or anything. So that's. So that, that's all that I've seen, but it's the most I'll see out in the field and is take some Motrin. That's all. That's pretty much what they have on. And then you go on, but a lot of guys don't even complain about anything. Yeah. N- I mean, nothing that even, minor. Yeah. Would you even notice if you pulled your hamstring, if you were like in a mission, like your adrenaline probably is pumping so high that you probably wouldn't even notice it until probably, later on. Probably not in the moment, but I mean, it's not, you got to think you can't say that aroused for so many hours. Right. So yeah, once you start cooling sure. down, 
that's when it really hits you really hard. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll notice it once that, once that starts wearing off, it, it sucks. So, yes. but yeah, you just, but it's a difference between keeping that suck to yourself and telling other people and you don't want to look like a wiener to anybody. So you just keep it to yourself. So. <laughs> yeah. It's such an amazing so, thing. Yeah. Like how the adrenaline kind of pushes you to do takes over like for that. sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So that was one of the things in your interview um, that I watched with U.S. soccer that was amazing was that, you know, you're taking care of people out of the helicopter and bringing them out. And once you realize that, you know, things were in a safe environment, then mm-hmm. you just laid down and you laid down. You know, exactly. Yeah, That's could, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I couldn't move after that. Once it all kind of cooled down and I, and I couldn't, there was nothing further to be done until help yeah. arrived. That's when I started feeling everything and I couldn't really, I wasn't mobile anymore. Yeah. Do you wow. think the snow helped you out on that? Just kind of putting your whole body on ice right away or no, it, no? <laughs> no this is not like, I think you're like thinking of captain America, the movie where they froze him and he was able to like live a little longer. Oh, I, it actually, it actually sucked. Yeah. I actually, okay. I had, I had summer boots on and I, I think I got a minor frostbite to my feet. Like my feet oh. are so sensitive to the cold now, but uh, wow. it, it's weird because when, when it went down, I mean, it was snowing, like we went down in a blizzard and then they take pictures the next day after the fact no snow to be found on the ground. It's, it was pretty bizarre, but wow. it's, it sucked. Yeah. Could you, Tyler, did you hear that actual, I mean, I'm not, obviously I'm not, I don't want to be like cross any bounds if you don't want to tell that story, but like sure. it might make sense just in context. Mm-hmm. We're kind of referring to something that maybe people don't have an understanding of that I saw you speak about. Sure. Uh, you just want me to get in detail. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. Just, yeah. Because we're referring to the, maybe a helicopter right, crash right. and we're talking about ice and maybe Tyler, you know, we don't, Right. To put it all together, what right. happened? If you could. So, so early on in my career, it was probably my, this is my second deployment um, in Afghanistan. Halfway through, I was actually in a helicopter crash. I was in a, if you guys are familiar with the helicopter, the Chinook, it's the big, looks like the big bus with the two rotor blades flying in the sky. Um, and it, we, were, we were supposed to go on a mission. It was canceled due to weather. Uh, so we were headed back home, flying home, and uh, flying home in a blizzard. And there's three helicopters carrying a bunch of guys, and we were all just trying to get back to where we where we slept at night. And we were the trail helicopter, and ended up losing power. Um, between they say between three and five hundred feet is where we lost power, and uh, just spun, auto rotated all the way down and crashed. And um, kind of this obviously the sadder side: eight guys, four eight, eight died, fourteen wounded. So there was twenty two passengers on board. Um, and yeah, it was snowing, and it, it was it was a rough night for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't have any, th- those are, those are the parts obviously on in Hollywood that they kind of, <clears throat> they like to show us mm-hmm. clearly. And then, you know, uh, everything that happened afterwards, I can imagine your, your entire comeback, your, the healing process and, mm-hmm. and what was going on in your mind. Did you, after things had settled, after you kind of knew, all right, I'm okay, I'm back. What was that like trying to get back to some sort of form of normalcy? It's actually quite easy, honestly, and, I, and I'm not just saying that to, to sound cool, but I mean, we're, we're cut from a different cloth as far as being in that unit. So uh, I was out for 10 months. I was in a neck brace and a back, back brace for a while, but I was still running in a neck brace and a back brace, just trying to stay fit. Um, and, and as soon as actually the, the day after my back brace came off, I was already at the range shooting again. And it's just, um, I was, I don't know how to explain it. I was just, I was just hungry to come back. I was actually asked to medically retire at that time. And I said, there's no shot. I was too young anyways. And my body was pretty resilient then. Now I'm definitely feeling the pain, uh, in my neck and back from 
years ago, but that's okay. It was super worth it. But as far as the, just the mentality of, of just wanting to get back, I mean, when you work so hard to be part of something, mm-hmm. a little glitch like that doesn't, doesn't slow you down. You know, we're just, totally. it's just, what's the point of putting all that, that sweat equity in there and all the, you know, yeah. all, all your, you know, you're losing your mind at night, trying to stay awake, going through ranger school, 60 some days, you know, in the woods. And then, you know, just you're private. And when you're in a private in the army, specifically in the ranger regiment, it's a lot harder because you have to earn your right to stay around. I mean, there's, there's just so much involved. And when you make it you don't, you don't want to leave it after you do that, you know, and, and you're there for a reason and it could happen to anybody. So yeah, it was just, it, it was, a, it was a very easy choice and it was a lot, a lot easier than, than people, I guess, assumed. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Did you just say that you spent 60 days in the woods though? I don't want to skip that. Yeah, no, it's a, there's a thing called, so I was in Ranger Regiment, but there's also a thing called okay. Ranger, Ranger School in the Army and it's uh, 64 days. Uh, it's like a leadership school and the majority of it is spent in the woods where you're just kind of carrying your rucksack, a heavy rucksack, minimal meals, minimal hours of sleep. It's just a, a long leadership course that's very sought after in the Army. Um, it's a big deal when you earn your Ranger tab, it's what it's called. Um, and that's part of the process for guys in Ranger Regiment, if they want to stay in the unit, they have to pass that course as well. I don't, it definitely wasn't for 60 days, but I remember the Finnish guys always talking about where they'd have to go into the woods for their military service. They're like, oh, I've got to go, got to go to the woods this month or right, something. Right, right. <laughs> when you come out of that, do you, can you do anything cool? Like if you just like have like a, maybe a, you know, a, a, a poor Wednesday, do you ever just think, I'm just going to go ahead and walk into the woods, build a skyscraper, you know, cook up. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Like, I, avoid, no. I avoid the woods now. I'm not a fan of the woods. I'm not, I'm not somebody who no. wants to go camping ever. I'm not somebody who wants to go sweat my balls off or freeze my feet off. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like, I'm, no, uh-uh. Chill, uh, that's awesome. I enjoy, I enjoy my living room with my AC on and my TV. I'm just, <laughs> if I'm not deploying and having fun like that, yeah. I'm not just going to go live in the woods just for the heck of it. I'm over that now. <laughs> are you, are you in hunting at all? I'm not actually. I always, make, no. I always make a joke, just hunting of men, but I've actually, I've actually never been hunting for, for sport in my life. So wow. I, I enjoy shooting, but I, yeah, I just, I don't yeah. feel like getting up at three in the morning and hanging out in a stand <laughs> waiting for a deer to walk past me. And then, then I got to carry <laughs> yeah. it back and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And I'm going to end up eating McDonald's anyways. I'm not even going to eat deer. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Uh, quick question then on guns. Um, cause that always comes up and, uh, have you ever shot a sniper rifle before? Yes. Okay. So that's my, I have no, I, I've only fired, I fired a shotgun out on a ranch. Uh, we okay. were shooting then. That's the only thing. And of course they didn't tell me anything about the recoil or any of that stuff. And, just, right. you know, uh, but that it was, I enjoyed it a lot. I was actually pretty peaceful to, to shoot on a range like that. Right. I mean, also the setting was very peaceful. We're in the middle of these mountains and there's nobody around. Uh, but like <clears throat> the, what's required to, I mean, you're going to correct me, obviously if I'm wrong, what's required though, what appears to be required to be a sniper is really this cool amount of, of calm, this peace, the ability to control your breath, to be very focused, all that stuff. Even when you're doing it, because I don't know if that's something that you had to learn while, while you were in, but if, if that's something that you do now, is it, I guess that goes back to my question. Is it hard? Could I pick up a sniper rifle with very little? How long would it take me to become a sniper? That's my question. Oh, uh, sniper. I, I personally never went through sniper school. I've shot the weapon systems before. Um, mm. But I, I can just tell you, ba- 
just learning how to shoot a rifle because it's best to learn to shoot a rifle before going to a sniper rifle, at least in my opinion. You know, it's like the crawl, crawl, walk, run kind of phase, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I'm not not to say you couldn't just pick it up and start knocking targets down. Um, mm -hmm. But, I, you know, it, it depends how, how good you are. It is, I do think it, it's on genetics. And people do say, when I joined the Army, I never shot a gun a day beforehand. And there's a lot of guys who have. Wow. And there's, there's a certain technique that they... They train, the army trains you and when you go in. So they do say that if you've never shot a weapon before, you're actually more trainable and that you would catch on wow. faster. How true that is, I'm not sure, but I have been somebody who never shot before, joined the army, and I would say I was a pretty good marksman after the fact. So maybe you'll catch on it in that day. I mean, as far as learning how to be a sniper and understanding how to, to do your distance, check wind and stuff, that's, I mean, that takes a good amount of time. I mean, those guys are are elite when it comes to being accurate and understanding their environment because it's not just point and shoot you have to understand your the environment as well wind um not just where you're at but the target's at i mean it is it is it's it, you have to have a lot of dedication it's a lot of science behind it um so to, i couldn't give you a proper answer if we were talking about just a rifle and you know becoming a marksman on a rifle you know you could be incredible within a day you know you could just pick it up mm -hmm. and, and know how to do it or it could take you you could be somebody else who takes a couple days weeks might take all the basic training to understand to, to get three bullets on top of each other so you can zero your rifle. So it all depends on you, um, wow. honestly, and how how comfortable you are. you, you got to get comfortable with the weapon right away because some people fear the rifle like it's going to hurt them. It's not going to hurt them as long as you point in the right direction and you put your finger on the trigger when you're supposed to and you understand that you can be comfortable in that moment. The, the sooner you become comfortable, the sooner you'll be accurate. If that makes mm -hmm. sense, you know, because some people are very hesitant and they're like, oh, this is this thing's pretty scary. Uh, well, so is driving a car if you don't know how to drive a car. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. as soon as you become comfortable, you'll pick it up super fast. Yeah. So shooting a sniper, I'm guessing it's, it's, it's what's the recoil like compared to like a normal rifle or, you know, what's it's how kind of different experience obviously shooting? What is it? What's that like? I mean, it all depends on the caliber of the rifle. You know, you, you can shoot a 50 cal, and that, that'll have a good amount of recoil. As I was shooting an M4, so it's 5.56. Five, five, mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, it's, it's, it's smaller recoil, but, I mean, you do okay. have, to, you have to absorb and manage that recoil. That is part of um, learning how to be a proficient shooter. You don't just shoot once, and you assume that the target's down. You have to get your, um, your sight back on the bad guy or whatever you're shooting at. So it's mm -hmm. all about managing that as well. Yeah. So it, it, it depends on the size of the gotcha. bullet that you're shooting. Yeah. Gotcha. Are there left-handed and right-handed rifles? There, or are they all the same? There can be. Yeah. But, uh, a lot, I know a lot of guys who are left-handed because the brass comes out on the right side, they would get, the brass would smoke them in the face sometimes. So mm -hmm. I, I heard that they can convert it. Um, I've, it, funny enough, I, I think I only, I've only known right-hand shooters in my squad. Like I've seen left-hand shooters before, but I've never been around them day to day. I don't know if they've ever gotten it converted to where it can come out the left-hand side. And we're talking about army rifles here. So, I mean, we were in a pretty cool unit, but again, you have to get them in, in bulk. And I don't know how much they could tailor them. Maybe you can, maybe mm -hmm. other units help them, but I think they just kind of learn to adapt the, uh, for the brass to come out of the right-hand side. They sound like the goalies. They sound like the goalies of the army lefties. I don't know. It's, you know, can't be treating you guys special, Tyler, just because you want to come in there with your left handed, you know, learn how to do things like the rest of us. Be part of the team. We're all trying to do. Uh, uh, before I even, before you even say that, Tyler, you know that thing, Josh, where they, that they do and put in almost every movie uh, regarding the army where some, the archetype of the hero in the in the movie will set 
the rifle and gun, whatever, down on a table right mm-hmm. there. He will then, of course, slowly to nice montage music, blindfold himself. And okay. then he will he will put the gun together and then put it out. Do you right. guys have to learn how to do that? Is that bullshit? Or can you I, like do you do that for fun at home? <laughs> you know, it's it's not bullshit. I've seen I've seen people do it. It's I mean it's not the preferred technique. I mean we're not doing that. We can I mean it I mean I guess it helps you to be familiar and like I went back to like I said before, you know, a lot of our operations are at nighttime. So yeah. I mean I don't know a lot of guys breaking the rifle down in the middle of mission at night. I mean that's pretty unrealistic. But if you yeah. had to, I mean I could mm-hmm. see that I could see that it would make sense if you needed to do something with your rifle in the middle of the night and you couldn't get to some white light and, and be yeah. spotted. But I mean yeah I've seen other guys just kind of mess around. And I mean each individual piece you know what you're feeling and you get so used to muscle memory of putting together, taking it apart, pulling together. Yeah. So it's not it's really not that hard, especially with the the big rifles, the normal rifles you guys see, the M4s. It's it's not that difficult, but it's kinda yeah, it's 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 goofy when you see it. But I mean I if you want to be proficient at taking your rifle apart, that doesn't make you a better shooter by any means. But hey, it's cool if you wanna do that. Yeah. Yeah. They make it seem like it's like totally required. No, right? Like, no, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> Myth busted. Right. Yeah. No, I'm uh, pretty sure that got Forrest Gump a medal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that? Did they do that in Forrest Gump? Was that in that? <laughs> that was. That was one of. Yeah. Forrest Gump was definitely involved oh, yeah. in one of those scenes. Okay. Yeah. They're so classic. Um. Well, you. You've gone through, so I have a very interesting connection to TBI. So my mom passed away last year. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, it's a very, it's quite a crazy story as it is. I mean, she, I was in the car, she got struck on her side. We're making a left turn and uh, somebody just ran a red light. She was apparently looking down or looking for something. She was going pretty fast. I mean, relatively fast. It seems, it doesn't seem that fast in a car, but around 50 miles an hour, something like this. It's fast. Yeah. And, uh, hit us and you know we went spinning anyway long story short she had a whole bunch of complications due to traumatic brain injury uh that you know uh plagued her for the rest of her life essentially and uh what was what i'm curious about is because you've now that you're you've retired you've gone on to now do something something different and how is that how is that affecting your life or is it do you have a daily oh yeah yeah, no, it, it okay. affects it affects my life tr- per, a, a lot, actually. So even just speaking with you guys, trying to formulate a sentence is, it's easy, don't get me wrong, it's easy to talk and formulate, but um, sometimes I have to word search and I'm not trying to seem like incompetent in front of you guys. So it's difficult to try to find those words and stay stay on it all the time, you know, but, um, that, that, and that's just one of them. But it, a lot of people think with TBIs, it's just... Uh, you know, the, the headaches, uh, it's, it's far more than the headaches. It's, it's a dizziness. It's the balance. Uh, my eyes are a little messed up so I can read a chart 2020 just fine, but my eyes don't, um, it's called a convergence, I believe. So it's like my eyes can't, if I'm reading a book. So when, if you ever catch me reading, I have to close my left eye cause they don't work together at certain distances anymore. So a lot of people give me shit for that. Actually, it's, it's all good. We all give each other crap now about it. Um, but then it's also more than it's affected my blood pressure now. It's affected like it, it just messes with the the most random crap in your body. You have no idea, and then and then just the psychology of it all. It's like it makes you anxious sometimes because you're dizzy and you're like, why am I dizzy? Why is that? So it 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 jacks you up. You know, it's not just it's not just a 
a broken leg where you'll heal in a couple weeks or months and you can get back out on it. I think, unfortunately for me, this is a lifelong thing now. My, I've had a few TBIs in the Army first was in 2007, was the helicopter crash. Um, and from that, I just I felt a little off, but it was just a lot of migraines after the fact. And then I you know, was blown up again a couple years later, and then I just started feeling more and more dizzy. And then again, I, I was near another explosion and just kept growing and growing. And it's like, um, you're more susceptible after your first one. Uh, so now, I mean, every day I have to learn to, to deal with it. Now I have to compensate the way I read, the way I walk, kind of understand my balance soccer. I mean, that's what qualifies me for the team I'm on. Now I have some balance coordination issues. So just learning how to relearning the game in a sense to, to make your body more efficient out there with what I have, if that makes sense. So on the day to day, it's, it's tough. It's, I don't think it'll ever go away. Uh, I wish it would, but I'm, you know, I don't have any regrets for what, what happened in the past, but yeah, it's, it, it yeah. and then there's some days are better than worse. I mean, or, or better or worse. You know, I get frustrated on days and I, and I'll, I'll lash out on people and I get really pissy and moody and then other days I'm cool with it, you know, but, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a struggle for sure, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? I'm alive. So that's a lot more than a lot of people can say, you know, hope, yeah. hope they're in a better place now, but, but yeah, just yeah. day by day we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. So just curious. So for speaking, like, does it, kind of feel like sometimes you're using like a second language at first yes because i was afraid to talk because i didn't want to sound stupid you know what i mean i didn't want to Mm -hmm. sound like i didn't know how to speak english right um but now it's just but it's also now i don't know how to explain it's just it's just word word searching so i can i can have a normal Mm -hmm. conversation it's like oh i'm hungry let's go get food no problem but if i'm really trying to explain something detailed there's a word that's like on the tip of my tongue. And I'm sure you guys all experienced that before. You can't think of the word. Yeah, yeah. Now multiply that by like 10. I see. And it's constantly see. going throughout your day. And some days are better and it'll come to me like this. And other days it's like crap, crap, mm-hmm. crap. And then I'm the type of person who's like, I won't give up until I remember what that freaking word is, right? But <laughs> yeah. if but if you're on the spot and you're trying to do an interview, like I've had in, in the past and other situations too, it's like shit. So I'm trying to like dance around what I'm trying to explain. I can never convey it the way I want to just right. So yeah. That makes sense. Um, did you, do you do anything necessarily now to try and combat any of that stuff? Because this is one of, it's really interesting. We have, and, and B, you will let me know these two, the couple guys that are coming on next week are neuroscientists, or at least one of them is a neuroscientist. Yeah. One of them, uh, is a neuroscientist at university of Calgary. And then the other, um, he does medical research for cannabis. So, oh, wow. yeah. And, uh, I- yeah, do do something. And that's all my my question is. You have ways. I mean, there's the brain is, and that's what I discovered clearly before my my mom's injury. I knew nothing of sure. the brain. I know more now than I would ever have hoped to want to know. And uh, there, we're we're I'm clearly we're we're ahead in some in some ways. We have some ideas on this, but I'm really curious to see are they able to try and help you give you some sort of guidance or give you any tools? Do you meditate? Do you try and learn another language? You know, you got people out here saying, play this game, do that. Is anything, have you found anything that's helping you? I got to be honest. I'm probably the worst person to talk to about that because I've given up on the, I hate to use the word given up because it should be inspiring. But like I said, with TBI, it affected everything. So as I was healing and it was new to my body, I was visiting all different areas of the hospital. So it wasn't just neurologists. I was seeing endocrine or endocrinologist, however you say it, for, you know, they thought I had a cortisol issue, for example. I was just being blasted out everywhere. And then I was doing um, vestibular rehab. So, you know, like your balance is off. So I'm standing on like a trampoline, trying to stand on one foot, looking at letters. 
and it became exhausting and I saw nothing changed it. Nothing, no treatment I have, I've ever done has helped me. And this is going to sound gooberish, but besides soccer. And I say that because what it is, is it's not rehab per se, but it's put me in a better space mentally. You know what I mean? So it's like, I've just kind of learned to compensate over the years, but it's, it's, it's distracted my mind and it's given me a purpose to where I don't feel as flustered and I can move on, you know? So it's like just, just living my life. You know what I mean? So no, I'm not seeing the doctors. I should, cause I have a lot of issues. I should try to get some things fixed, but I just don't want to go back to that, not getting an answer anymore because it's so complex. So what do I do? I just use my own method and I just play soccer and I just try to, um, occupy myself with, with, with stuff like that, you know, cause if you, that, that that's, that's a dark hole, you know, especially with yeah. TBI, some people can nail it and it gets fixed. And I hope that, I hope that happens for everybody, but for myself, it's so complex that I just don't want to get into that black hole. I just want to do what makes me happy in the moment. And I'm not always happy in the moment, but, but for me right now, um, being able to be part of this team, play soccer is a good enough distraction. And really, if you think about it, it's helping me learn to compensate because soccer is such a, you know, the, it requires such agility that it's making me relearn how to use my body. So, so if yeah. I can do it on a soccer field, I can do it walking through a mall any day. Absolutely. Um, right. That's a really good point. Cause I mean, like, I wonder how much effort and research is being put into how we rehab people that have similar experiences as you. I mean, if, if you're able to go and play soccer and relearn these things, you're having fun and it's not so focused on, Hey, we're coming in here and we're going to have you stand on a trampoline and read alphabet. You know, that isn't fun. Like no. that's a, that's a, that's a pain in the ass. You have to go every single week, got to drive to the place. They got to sure they have to do an intro screening and then they do it and takes your whole day up. And then you right, get home right. and you're like, what the, you know, what the fuck, this doesn't help me. But you know, right. like how can we, it's just like teaching kids in elementary school. How can we form you know, curriculums that keep people engaged in their learning, but they don't know they're learning. You know, that's kind of what we've tried to do through our soccer channel, but that that's really interesting. You know, I just kind of drew that conclusion, kind of hearing about your experience with rehab. Right. I can't imagine it's fun at all, a, you know? Yeah. It's especially, oh, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, especially coming out, like guys coming out from the military, yeah, yeah. which are like very competitive goal oriented mm-hmm. people to where you need uh there needs to be some sort of end goal which obviously is winning right, right. and like scoring goal or like just accomplishing something wow. then be like oh i i got 10 letters right today and i stayed on my left foot for 15 right. seconds instead of 14 like just right, talking right. about the, some of the greatest athletes and some of the most like smart people in the world and you're having them do those kind of fundamental things it just has to be very frustrating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. and I'm somebody who needs like instant gratification as well. And mm-hmm. doing like, for example, this vestibular vestibular rehab, you don't leave one session feeling better about yourself. Now I can go to a soccer field and I might not leave a better player, but because I really enjoy the sport and I'm doing yeah, yeah. something that's different, just touching the soccer ball is instant gratification for me. Yeah. It yeah, puts yeah. me in a better place for sure. That's awesome. So, with your instant gratification, do are you just all over Instagram right now? Are you just like straight scrolling like all the time? Does that give you? Are you I, into the internet? Are you just like? Oh yeah, oh yeah, but I, I can't I can't handle the internet right now. I'm I'm on Instagram right now, but I with with what's going on in the world right now, I just yeah, can't yeah. I can't. It's like I can't even enjoy it right now. I just want to look at dogs, soccer, <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I mean? Just the, oh, the yeah, normal yeah. stuff, and it just it's it's just polluted with 
all this stuff oh, right now. Bad. So it's like, it's ruining it for me right now. And I just want to, or I, I'm an orbiter on Instagram too. So I never post. I just, I don't know. I just don't think my life's that interesting. Me sitting on the couch, I'm not going to like post a picture of that. Yeah. But I do like to see what other people are doing because I'm, I'm bored at home right now during, especially during yeah. Corona. Um, and now I'm just right. seeing all that crap. So I can't, I can't handle it right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It is out of control. Obviously we, I've said this and I, I just actually said this in another interview. It's like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have an Instagram or an anything. We've got everything now, Josh. Like I'm telling you, we're TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, oh boy, YouTube. Yeah. Like I cannot believe that all the stuff that we have actually is actually pretty crazy. Yeah. It sounds insane now yeah. we have, and I wouldn't have any of that if we weren't trying to do what we're trying to do and in, in trying to, you know, grow the business and it's just a tool. soccer. Yeah. And, yeah sure. It's just this, this great tool. But speaking of everything that's going on, Oh, go ahead. Who's that, Tyler? Uh, I was gonna say I could see you having an Instagram. I think I'd have one for the same reason, for the sole point of just like adding a teammate, and then you just have them. So if you're switching WhatsApp, like just but never posting, right. just no. just as like a communication. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. And I saw that Facebook Messenger even just came out with with Josh. How are we, Josh? I'm 35. Are you? How old I'm are you? 33. 33. Okay. So do you remember? I don't know. Do you remember when Facebook first came out? Vaguely, yeah. I remember my brother getting it. And I think at that time you had to be part of a university to have it. Exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. So like, yeah, you had to be part of a college. I remember when like somebody walked in to, I wasn't even in a dorm. I was in an apartment there. I think it was my second year of college. And somebody walked in and was just talking to this Facebook. It's fucking awesome. You could do all this stuff, but we don't have it. Like, I'm like, what do you mean we don't have it? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, our school doesn't have it yet. And so, like, I kind of, like, was, like, waiting. It's like, oh, what's this thing? You know, like, what's this going to be? And then we got it. And then the, just the reason I was saying is that, yeah, back then, obviously, I didn't post. It was just that. It was just for me to communicate to the people within my college. Sure. Maybe I clearly didn't need to, you know, we use text messages. And back in that day, like, right, what were we paying for text messages? Like, $800 per text message. like Per letter, like yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It seemed like it's so crazy that that's how it was. But, uh, yeah, no, fa Facebook Messenger changed now to the point where it is, Tyler, like, just that you can just have, like, a Facebook Messenger. That's what I would have. I don't even think I would be on Instagram to to really like look at things i prefer to read like i'm a big reader and and visually instagram is just now it's just and they got they're making it like tiktok i don't i have no idea if, by the way is the army are they big on these things like if i go to some of that stuff they're probably using this really well aren't they i mean they 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 have instagram i know i follow the army on instagram and i think I think it's good for them to have it because look at look at who you're reaching out to. Everybody's on social media all the time. I mean, classic. You can't even put classic commercials out anymore because what eighty percent of the people don't even have cable anymore. It's all like the Hulu's and the Netflixes and stuff. So who are they going to reach out to? But everybody has an Instagram. So yeah, they're they're definitely yeah. on it. I, I've seen them on there. So and it, it's smart, but I just I hate that we've come to that now. Yeah, it's a hell of a recruitment tool. I would love to learn about you know how many people they get you know to come and to do things with them through instagram ads and things like that, which is a crazy thought that you know people are scrolling through instagram looking at some ridiculous shit on cats but then they see an ad uh, you know about joining the army and they're like okay boom and their life has changed forever just through right, scrolling yeah. you know that's such a crazy thought <laughs> no insane uh yeah i i don't know but uh, the, the fact is that probably where we're headed as a as a society is going to be a place where it's all completely integrated and so i just in this other podcast with a she studies she's a professor b by the way so 
Brandon's nickname is Professor B. Millie. So I talked to an actual professor <laughs> who, by the way, says you should probably stop calling yourself professor. She's like, I work really hard. Such a professor thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, she was really, she just got it. Like she just got promoted and she couldn't even say her title because, you know, at all schools, they give you some grandiose name professor of uh, analytical biology and technical terms and just all these things she probably doesn't even know what it means but like we were talking about all sorts of ai and uh um uh, vr like uses of of things did you get to see or any have you seen any of the stuff that they're using in the army or in just in any military setting at all that seems like futuristic were you able to if you can say this, like it's like classified or something like you like have like a, I don't know, some sure. crazy contraptions. No, I mean, nothing, to- nothing that like give you guys oohs and ahs. I've seen like, I've, I've seen upgrades to some equipment that we have. I mean, for me, I mean, there might be guys out there who've seen the coolest stuff ever, but for me, like, I think the coolest thing I've ever seen um, was a backpack with grenades and they were all strung together and you put a rocket on the front of it. And then you set it off and a rocket carries a string of grenades and it's to clear like a minefield. How cool is that? Right. Like that's the coolest thing I've ever seen as far as like tech technological stuff. I mean, you know, you can get, you know, a cooler GPS or you can have camera cameraed out stuff or stuff like that, but that doesn't really interest me. But no, as far as like the, the super VR stuff, it could have been out there. It's just not something that caught my fancy and nothing that I really had to learn. So I just didn't choose to to investigate in it but it's out there i know there's units out there specifically out there to train how to how to implement this this new gear for the possibility of everybody in the army using it but now nah, it's right. not really my thing nor have i been super exposed yeah. to that do these grenades like periodically yeah. fall or do they drop them all at once or what I, I just remember i did i did a one-day training on it and it was like a it was like a hard shell i believe it was like a hard shell backpack and there's a rocket on the front of it. And then you lay the backpack in away, and then you put the rocket pointing at a 45, and we just shot it into a range into a field. And then the rocket just carries literally a string of grenades. They land, and five seconds later, it blows. And it's like the clear path through minefields if you're, there's suspected mines out there. Whoa. And it was like probably one of the coolest things I've ever trained on. It. As, wow. as simple as it may seem, I mean, because yeah, yeah. people, don't, people don't understand like grenades are – you know, they see that this is one of the Hollywood things where, oh, I can throw a grenade two feet in front of me and it's not going to bother me. Well, those things are those things are vicious. So now you have a string of them flying in the air on a rocket, which is, yeah. you know, I'm not controlling that rocket. I just think is is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Well, how how big was a string in length? Oh, in length, you know, you there's probably some army people listening to me, and I'm going to jack this up. I want to say it was like thirty, maybe thirty is a little stretch. I'd say twenty to thirty grenades on the string, maybe, and they were all spaced wow. out by. I don't know. I, you know, cause somebody's going to fact check me like, Oh, that guy's a liar. He was never a Ranger regiment. I know he never did. He's full of shit. Stolen, yeah. on, stolen I'm, honor. I'm just trying you know? to like, envision no, I mean, it was, it was, it was long like. enough to where I would say it was about, if I had to estimate about 50 feet long, the string 50 feet. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, long enough to where, I mean, I was told the purpose was to clear a minefield. So you can, you don't sure. want to just walk 10 feet in a minefield, right? So it has to be pretty long, but you also have to be realistic about how heavy that rocket is and how long it can carry it. So it can't be like a hundred grenades either. So I want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to estimate 50 feet. It was how long yeah. that it landed in the span, the space that it would cover. Yeah. I'm envisioning like one of those, uh, <laughs> like Chinese, like parade dragons just flying around, <laughs> except they're just grenades. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> weaving and turning and pulling. And just straight out of Mulan. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that so, stuff. Yeah. Paul Luce, uh, he brought up this picture. I found it when I was, I was doing some research and everything. I just, oh. Big fan of Barack Obama, obviously. 
um, I just kind of wanted to hear a little bit about what this experience was like and kind of what that visit to the White House was like and why you got to go. That's, that's awesome. Oh, oh, yeah. So this was post um, Rio when we competed in Rio, the Paralympics, and all the athletes, um, both Olympians and Paralympians, are asked to or offered to go to DC, which was great for me because I lived in Stafford. It was like a 35, 40 minute drive, no traffic out there. So of course I did it, but they yeah. flew everybody in who wanted to go. And uh, you just get to have a night of drinking and partying, you know, partying yeah. with like the Olympians. And, and there was like, um, there was an award ceremony where they like, they gave awards out to certain athletes, like best coach or, you know, you know, just recognizing certain athletes. And then afterwards you have a a drink with a couple of guys and the next day early in the morning you get to do the tour of the white house and then you get to meet the president um and because i was the closing ceremony flag bearer in rio um they chose me and simone biles to present surfboards um to the president uh, on stage and while he gave his speech um and i'm i'm sure you're wondering why surfboards uh i i don't know my my best guess is <laughs> Because it's it's the biggest piece of sport equipment where everybody's signature fit on. So that's my guess. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the truth. That's what I would have told him if he asked me, but I, I can't give you guys any reason. <laughs> this too. It, could, it could either be Rio is big on surfing or it could be Barack's ties to Hawaii. No, would be no they, they've been around for a while. So like when I go to tra- – Oh, that just always – So when I go to training centers, like we used to train or we train – in Chula Vista, and it used to be the Olympic Training Center, I think Chula Vista took it over, you'll see older surfboards on the walls with people's oh, signatures. Cool. So my guess is that it's just a big piece of equipment where everybody's signature fits on. It makes sense to me. I'm going to go with yeah. it. So, but I, I'll be, I'll be fact-checking like, oh, no, he really didn't go to Rio. That yeah. picture's cropped. He's, making, he's lying yeah. on surfboards. It's so. all fake. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing within uh, the community. I, I very slightly – I did see you know what pops up on YouTube, these things that recommended videos and stuff like that, but – is it called, what is it, Fallen Honor? What is it called? These guys that pretend to be in the military. Stolen Stol- Valor. Stolen yeah. Valor. There you go. Stolen Valor. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, maybe I'm, I'm speaking from uh, the side of we're, we're over here all on your side. So Tyler, for instance, just basically crushed, you know, someone who was basically pretending to be a, a soccer player, essentially. Okay. We over here on our side are planning on crushing some people who decide to do that. They don't want to do the work, and it's important. And I, I fucking cannot stand that in our society now, at least within our space, that that's the thing now. It's okay. It's all right. No, it's no big deal. I'm pretend. It's okay. Look at my Instagram. I'm flying around, or look at my look at my stuff. I'm I'm this. I can I can shoot a, a couple things. I'm that. And so. I don't like how it's become okay and prevalent. I think people are becoming very just, it's just, you can toe this line now where it's, it's, you can blur reality. You know, people really, they don't, they really don't, someone be like, oh, I'm a professional soccer player. And then someone's like, um, no, he's not. And then someone comments, yeah, but like, does it really matter? He, he's yeah, good. What? Like he has, he has it good does, teams. It does matter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it does. Wait, 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 a lot. A minute. It I mean, a lot. just like that professor's pissy at you because you're a fake professor. I mean, she worked, she worked, she worked, I'm just saying, you know, she worked really hard for that title, right? So like, hey, and, hey go have her talk to Dr. Dre. Go help, go talk to Dr. Dre. Yeah. He's changing his name, I'll change my nickname. Fair enough. Fair Fuck enough. her. I don't, I don't even have a response now. I mean, you're, you're right. Yeah. yeah. 
No. Yeah. Well, yeah, like it's just the same. And I mean, I always equate it to people. You would never do that in anything. It's only okay within the social media space where, uh, not social media space, but just like sports and, and this. And I've, I've said it before. I don't remember what metaphor I said, but no one's taking anyone to a fake doctor. You're not going to get a fake lawyer or someone who's just like puts a diploma up on their Instagram and then says that they like answered some questions. You're not going to use that guy if it's yeah. a matter of life or death. You're not. And so why is it okay? It's not okay. Because eventually you have all these charlatans teaching and speaking and doing all this stuff. And you have a generation of people who've learned how not to actually do the thing, but just pretend to be like what it, what that thing is. It just doesn't make any sense. But the whole stolen valor thing kind of interests me because I, I something popped up randomly. This is a while ago. And some guy was walking through the uh, airport in a whole entire, I don't know the, the getup once again, what's that called? If the military set up, he was uh, cam, not camouflage, but yeah, <laughs> uniform. Okay. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't spend a whole lot of time speaking English. Okay, let's just leave it at that too. Right. All right. So yeah, but the uniform, he was in the uniform in an airport walking around and he was never in the army, like right. ever. And I just can't, put that into my head like that that would be a thing like i'm just gonna show up one day at the hospital or, or like in an airport and, and like a complete in scrubs right and like right. pretend to be a doctor how is that have you ever had any issues with that have you ever heard of that are there stories about that i've personally never seen somebody not be in the military say they're in the military i've heard of a few guys claiming that they were for example they were in ranger regiment where i worked and it's like wait a minute we don't we don't know this guy. So we'll like ask around and our community is really small. So we'll know yeah. within a day or two if you're actually in or not. And we we don't like that because our group's very selective. And again, it's very difficult to be into and we're a small brotherhood. We're super tight knit and we don't want anybody faking the funk pretending you're one of us when you're not. Um, as far as in the army goes or just army big picture people trying to dress around. I, I hear one, it's for discounts on, you know, the major military holidays. They want to get their discounts and stuff, which by the way, I'm very against. I'm not somebody who whips my military ID out to get percentage off. I didn't, I didn't ask sure. to join the army so I can get 10% yeah. off my McDonald's the next day or something. I think it's so tacky. So I'll, I'll, yeah. So, so I don't know. I think people just want to be, I just think there are people who, who, who don't know how to define themselves in life. They're not comfortable with themselves in life and they need to be somebody else or, you know, I actually take pity on them because they don't have any self-identity and I hope they find that one day. But I, yeah, sure, we take offense to it because, you know, nowadays it's very, it's more uncommon to not have deployed than to have deployed. So you have a lot of people risking their lives overseas who actually work their ass off to be in that position just to have somebody put a uniform on and pretend to be somebody they're not. So, so. if you dive into those rabbit holes on YouTube mm -hmm. of uh, people pretending a lot of them are like, once they get confronted, like just mentally off, like right. you can like, they're like, not everything's right in the head mm -hmm. to where like, they're, they're not normal. Like it's the most of the ones I've seen just aren't normal people. Like something, something's just off completely about them. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's interesting with the, you know, flipping over to the soccer side of things where people are pretending to be someone they're not, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's almost like, I feel like people are doing it like fake it till you make it kind of thing to like make it to justify it in their head where if they are acting like there's something every day that eventually it'll you know come to fruition. But, you know, it's just, it's just not a healthy way to go about it. And when you start to then, you know, educate kids and other people with all of this nonsense that you think 
you know, what it takes to become, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve. It's just, that's where it starts to become a cancer for society. And, you know, that's for anybody. It's like, it's okay to like not be an expert yet. Like you can, you can, it's all right, you know, but you can't go around spouting all this nonsense. That's not helping anybody or yourself, you know, for the long term. The, the one I called out was had such a ridiculous post on Instagram where he had a picture with his name on a Red Bulls jersey for the MLS. It was like, sign my first professional contract. <laughs> and just with this Instagram picture of a Red Bulls thing. And of course, everyone's like, no, you like, what are you talking about? No, you didn't do this. And he comes back like a month later. It's like, oh, this is just product placement. Like everyone does this. <laughs> <laughs> you should check out my Instagram. I've got a picture of me uh, with all the heads of state, and I'm president. And it's yeah. just my process. I'm president of the U.S. Nice. The process of Congrats. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> Quick question on Obama. So you're 100% confident that he is a real human? He's not reptilian or anything like that? Oh, no. I bro-dapped him on stage, so I gave him like the hand, like the okay. high five and the round-the-back slap. Okay. So his shoulders okay. and hands were very real. Okay, Other okay, than okay. that, I'm not sure. Yeah, not right, scaly. Is this a new theory? I haven't. What's heard? that? Sorry. Oh, you don't. Is this a new theory? You don't know about the theory that I haven't. Oh, I don't think I've heard of this. Well, one. we're going to dive into conspiracy just for the last second because I think we're about done here with this. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, Tyler. So most of the heads of state across the world, specifically, uh, they they would like to say that uh, the Queen, specifically of England, is one of the big the big ones. She's supposedly Tyler. She's a reptilian. You don't, you see, and I'm not entirely sure what a reptilian is. I don't have the definition for me. What's up? Let's so, pull up. Uh, can we just pull up some reptilian but, information, please? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they try to say Tyler essentially that all of the yeah, they're clones. They're you know, I, I once again, I'm, I don't know enough on on these, and we're definitely gonna have a a uh, a we're gonna have a, a conspiracy theory expert come on to try and. You myth bust every every conspiracy that's out my, there. My barber, but, uh, you mean? My barber? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brandon's barber. He's really deep into conspiracies. And uh, well, what do you think? This is definitely it's a very rare opportunity for us to have someone with a deep, different insight. There are so many different conspiracies that are out there regarding any of the... Is there anyone that you could say, you know, that you think about that would be interesting? Whether that could be anything that happened in the past or that has nothing to do even with the government uh, out there at all. It's always just... Or are you like, do you, are you, is the, is the earth round? Did we go to the moon? Uh, is that like, do you have a, do you have a conspiracy that you're just kind of like, I don't, I'm not saying it's real, sure, but I sure. would like for someone to just go make sure that that's happening Man, on the spot. No, I do, honestly, no. I mean, the earth is definitely, earth I, is definitely round. I mean, if you say it's <laughs> flat, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> no, I honestly, no. I mean, you, you hear these things that I think the one, the one that caught me for a second, but only for a second, I might be off was the moon landing. And I just saw like the whole, Oh, he didn't leave footprints or something behind, or the flag was waving or not one. waving something like that. Sure. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Did he? But then it's just I like, so. I don't know. That, that's the only one that tripped me up Dude. for a second. And then I was like, I, I think he was there. He, he had, a, I want him to have been there. Okay. So maybe yeah, yeah. if it didn't happen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's in my mind, it still happened, but that's the only one I think that tripped me up when I saw yeah. kind of like the facts bouncing between the two. There's one I really like. It's like a pretty silly one, but it's the chicken wing conspiracy where someone just like statistically, like there's way too many chicken wings <laughs> to chicken, like the chicken wing to chicken <laughs> ratios. Like today, me and my roommates, today, me and my roommates, we ate combined probably like 
40 okay. chicken wings. And where where's the rest of that chicken? Oh, going? I see. Like three people just devoured on the Super Bowl. Like there's just millions so, of chicken. Where is the rest so, of the chicken? So wait, what is the is the conspiracy? What have they done with all the chickens? Or that there's not enough wings? It's it's there has to be. I'd have to re. I haven't looked at it in years. It's something. I I don't know exactly what the actual end goal of the chicken wing conspiracy. <laughs> so okay, what have you pulled up here, Paulus? Yeah, why don't you come on and tell what do we have here? Is this uh, a list of Michael Jackson? The, the oh, so these are a list of. Okay. <laughs> a list of celebrities that are all reptilian. For the people that are listening, if you didn't know, allegedly, Madonna, it looks like. that's uh, Is that Katy Perry? Was that Katy Perry is also a reptilian? Obama? And, uh, well, yeah. David Icke. I know that guy. Well, that's really interesting. Paulus, can, can you see if you can find anything on the chicken wing conspiracy? If something wow, popped up super quick? One of the funniest. That was one of the funniest combos of Tyler rambling on about chicken wings, and then there's just reptilian information. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Josh. Yeah. See, we get to a point where we've we've had proper discussions, and our we just can't hold it for long enough. We're right, just now right. about at the hour spot, and now we have to entertain <laughs> thoughts on it. Uh, you know, but I, one of my points on conspiracies and. Uh, it's it's a weaponized term now because anything looking into anything is also a conspiracy. I'm it's it's clearly to most people obvious that 99.9% of conspiracies are pretty much ridiculous. Not that there haven't been conspiracies over cor- of the course of human society. There clearly and obviously have and there are people conspire to do things. That's obvious. But the thing that trips me up the most is that and this is what I told to be about his his uh, his fact checking barber who's going to come on mm-hmm. 99.9 are wrong, but I'm sure I'm a hundred percent sure that that 0.1% of those, conspiracies, you've heard a conspiracy that right now we all hold to be ridiculous. That is probably true. There must be at least one of these crazy theories. I mean, the, what's up? The one that makes the most sense is that the people in power are also flooding the market with crazy conspiracies for people to, to latch on to, and then it's like a little smoke screen to what's to, really going on for everything. Like that, that, that has to be happening. Well, I think, yeah. I would assume. I yeah. I don't know. Did Josh, you ever have any use of smoke screen in your time in the army? Is that a smoke? Mm-hmm. Little of those ninja things that like, I, I mean, we, we smoke grenades. Yeah. No, 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 none, none of those ninja, what are those, those flashy <laughs> things where they disappear? No, but we right. plenty, plenty of smoke grenades and we just run through okay. the smoke. So definitely didn't disappear. Oh, just one last question. Uh, at least I have just just before you go. You know the in the movies where they have they throw a flash flashbang flash grenade mm-hmm. flashbang yeah what okay so it's called a flashbang flashbang yeah is that what you said mm-hmm. okay uh, <clears throat> what does that do to the assailant or the people that are that are that, if that if that were to come through my window right now what am I going to experience. Okay. Yeah. So in my, my opinion, that's a huge common Hollywood misconception, right? So when you throw those, what it is, it's, it's shocking. Like it's just supposed to throw you off. But when you watch a movie or you even play video games, if somebody mm-hmm. throws a flashbang in the video game, you see like he's stunned and he just kind of, yeah. he, he moves slower <laughs> or in the movies yeah. they're like, you know, they're like, Oh, I can't see, uh, you know, you got to remember I'm wearing night vision and everybody thinks when they look at Hollywood, if somebody flashes a light at you in night vision, you're blinded. No, that's not the case. You, you can be blinded. Like if I'm under a street light, yeah, it puts a glare in my night vision. I prefer that street light to be off. But no, it's like, oh, I can't see anymore. Screw this. No, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So flashbang is really just to surprise you and disorient you a little bit. But okay. they're not 
you don't get any long-term effects. You're not going to feel dizzy from it. It might be a, a bright flash in your eyes, but in daytime, it's, you know, that flash is a lot less visible. You know what I mean? So okay. it's just, it's more okay. to just scare you off and get you off your center okay. while I come into the room and, you know, take that room yeah. down, whether, you know, so, wow. um, so it's not as bad as you think. And actually there's a lot, they have some where they go off consecutively, like they can go up off to nine times and I've thrown them in rooms before and I'll go in on like the third or fourth one as it's still going off. So I'm obviously able, still able to do my job as it's going off, but to the unsuspected, it'll jack you up a little yeah. bit, but it's not like long-term your ears aren't going to ring for five seconds after you're not going to like, you know, it's just, just to throw you off in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Do you play any military themed video games? I try to play Call of Duty and I'm trash at video games. I'm <laughs> like and I don't get upset about it. I'm not like, oh this is super unrealistic. It is super unrealistic, mm-hmm. but that's what make the game that, that's yeah. what makes the games fun. But I'm just yeah. awful at, at okay. video games. So do you bad. ever meet uh do you ever meet or, people that are like and like they decided to come to you know, boot camp or decided to join just because they've been playing video games. They got inspired by video games. Not one, not wow. one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Luckily, that, that'd be a really weird conversation. So I'm glad I've just never came. And I'm, I'm too, I'm too raw for that. I'm going to hurt people's feelings. I know. I I'm know. very happy. I've never come across <laughs> that before. Yeah. I feel like I've known people that were I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the military and they play it every day. And they're like, per, are like acting like it's some sort of entry or something. I'm like, and then obviously I never go, but it's like, I know some younger kids that kind of think they are thinking like that, but it's ridiculous. There's, there's one game I've been sucked into counter-strike, which is, I think the most, obviously it's definitely not realistic still, but it's probably the most realistic out of all of them. If you get hit like three times, you're dead. If you get hit with a sniper once you're down, if you're moving while shooting, you're not going to come close to hitting anything. And that's just, probably the most frustrating game i've ever played and i still just can't stop or i just take like one step around the corner and just dead (laughs) then you wait that does so you can't run you can't run and shoot is that part of training it depends if you have like a shotgun if you have like a smg you thought i was asking you the goalkeeper (laughs) if you can run and shoot you thought i wasn't asking the the former army ranger (laughs) that's hilarious do you have any experience with that tyler why don't you tell us what you're doing with your training? That's all. I, I can go. I, you guys got Tyler here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tyler's got it. <laughs> I can handle this one. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, you can. It's not the preferred method, but um, everybody. So again, people can try to fact check me. It's not really a fact, but I've always been trained to. Um, you shoot when there's a target present. You know what I mean. So if I'm running, and if some if there's a bad guy in front of me, I'm not going to slow down, come to a stop, raise my rifle, and shoot. I am going to. I've trained on not full blown sprints, no, but you you train on moving and shooting. So it's not it's not not plausible. If there's a bad guy, you're going to shoot him, and and at that point, you're like I said, you're so good with a rifle that you can yeah. you can manage to keep your shot group or keep it fairly tight. Right. But no, I'm not doing a full swing sprint, running a forty, yeah. and then as doing that shooting. No, you you do sure. tend to slow down, but you are trained to when when the shot presents itself, you take the shot because you wait any longer, you know somebody could be firing at you. Sure. So. How how much of that is to actually like hit them versus get them to just go back down under cover or something and maybe buy you time? I mean, you always better? you always aim you always want to hit them. I mean, if I'm pulling the trigger, you always want to hit yeah. them. But I mean, it doesn't hurt to get their head down, and that way you can get to proper cover or whatnot. You know, so uh, it's all about you know eliminating the enemy, sure, but it's about preserving your life. So if I'm in an open field, 
Uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to come to a complete stop, raise my weapon, and then have perfect sight picture because he's going to have all that time to aim at me. So I'm going to raise my rifle, put a bunch of rounds at him, and then keep moving. So it's either going to hit him or put his head down, but either way, it's buying me time right. to get a more advantageous position and, and then eliminate him. So. And none of those Hollywood, I would imagine, none of those Hollywood uh, <clears throat> jumps or things, because you, you did mention a couple other that you had experienced, at least explosions, and I I can't remember where I saw this, but it doesn't happen like that in movies. Am I understanding, or, or am I understanding that correctly? When something explodes near you, you don't fly up in a really picturesque, beautiful... I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's near you and we're talking about cool, how cool it looks, no, you're not really getting, you're not really having that. No. But I mean, if you're getting hit, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll knock you, it'll knock you over for sure. It just depends on how big it is, but no, there's not really any of those cool moments. If, if something's blowing up near you that fast, it's, it's probably a really bad thing. So everybody's getting down. So it's nothing, nothing super cool like that. No. Gotcha. Yeah. And in that in that situation, are you more worried about like projectiles hitting you, or like a shock wave, or I have no, no idea. No, how that's that's actually good, really... that's actually a good question. So the the first the first time I was blown up, like close my second TBI, but the first time I was blown up, it was actually a guy in front of me, or two people in front of me actually stepped on the device. The guy in front of me took a lot of the shrapnel, like his face was pretty bloody. Mm-hmm. I was behind him, but it was outside, but it was in a courtyard where there's like a ninety degree fence. And I took I took some of the shrapnel, but a lot of the overpressure of that blast. I mean, I was still right on top of it. Um, so for that in that scenario, it was like just the, the pressure coming out hitting me really jacked me up. You know, you still feel obviously you're on top of it, you're going to feel shrapnel, shit's going to hit you. But it's just a lot of that pressure that, that that's coming at you so fast. And then when you're in a corner, that pressure bounces around; it has nowhere to go. So it's just hitting you a ton. If that makes sense, you know. So is that just kind of like a big wave that's just made of air? Like, I mean, is that? Like, would it be like if you're against a wall and a big I mean, wave if, hits? If you want to explain I, it that way, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's just, it's a lot of pressure, you know? So it's like, think mm-hmm. of shaking up a soda can and then blow, and then popping the top, right? Everything explodes out. So you have the soda that yeah. comes out, but it's the pressure that builds with it that's bringing it out. It's kind of the same principle there, you know? All that air or whatever is blown up needs to escape somewhere, right? So it's all just moving out right. and you're getting jacked, you know, you're getting mm-hmm. you're getting hit by that and that'll, that'll really jack you up. Well, we have covered nearly, I mean, we could probably go forever and ever. Right. We've covered everything. We've covered reptilians, which was obviously the first thing you needed to, to get off your chest, I understand. <laughs> we, we figured out the earth was, was round. We, we nailed that. We're unsure on the moon landing. We've, we figured that out like six times <laughs> already. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> we've, we've been doing extensive yeah. studies yeah, on yeah. if the earth is round or flat. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're, we're good. I mean, I'd love to keep going, but like, yeah, definitely we can, we can cut it at our, our normal our normal time. Uh, do you have anything? I mean, clearly we, we got you on here to talk about <clears throat> everything. Just you, you are essentially the guest. I mean, is there anything you wanted to shout out, whether that's stuff for, for soccer or just anything sure, for sure. On? Uh, yeah. So I know, I know a lot of this was just kind of asking me questions and me giving my perspective, but I'm very like, I'm a very, we, not me kind of mentality. So I just want to give a little shout out to my team. You know, the, the seven, the U S pair seven aside team, um, we're not super known. We're getting there though, and we. I just want to get our name out there and people to recognize us and 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 know that you know there are people with disabilities playing at a super high level. So whether you are one of those people who are disabled, uh, come check us out. Maybe one day, you know, we want to be that team where just like every kid was when I was younger. 
before I wanted to go in the army, I wanted to be a pro soccer player too, right? And some people who who are born with with a disability at that young age, they feel like that might be taken away from them. But no, there's there's so many opportunities. And if not for soccer, I've also been exposed to the Paralympics because we fall under the USOC and US soccer. There's there's something out there for everybody, but specifically soccer because I represent the team. You know, we, we're trying to make it a big deal because it is a big deal uh, to us, and it should be a big deal to everybody. So just trying to get our name out there, trying to get the team name out there. Um, the guys out there, incredible stories. I mean, I'm probably one of the less cool stories on the team, to be perfectly honest. I don't think you need to have prior service to have, to be a remarkable human being. And all these kids, I mean, young kids who are overcoming strokes and stuff, and now they're playing, you know, soccer internationally, getting caps and whatnot. I think it's incredible. So just want to get a shout out to to all my guys on the team. They, they deserve it. They work really hard. And we're just trying to grow our brand, trying to grow our team and, and get our name out there. Totally. Do you guys have any games coming up or is COVID? Uh, COVID's really, really jacked jack stuff up. We were supposed to be in, we were supposed to have a top eight turn. So we weren't, we are not in the Paralympics this year or on, in Tokyo, really unfortunate. Um, so they were trying to do an adjacent tournament and it was the top eight tournament. Um, and that was supposed to be in Sardinia. I think it's like a island off Italy. And that was obviously Italy, canceled yeah. because of because of Corona. And so we're hoping that it happens. It was supposed to be this May. We're hoping it happens next May. Um, but and we were supposed to have a couple friendlies arranged and whatnot, but with Corona, who knows? I mean, right now we're not even uh, able to, to train officially with coach on site. Um, that's growing. Yeah. So, so hopefully that'll turn around and we can get, get and I'm only getting older and I want to get more caps. So the world better fix <laughs> yeah. itself quickly. I know. Yeah. Sure. We totally had stuff <laughs> planned and we for sure will uh, sort out some stuff. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Cause before COVID actually happened, we were even, trying to do some sort of joint stuff for, for our, our main channel, which is just all soccer based. And it's going to be a great place, you know, for you guys to have a platform to, to talk about everything that's going on. And, and from what I've seen, so, uh, yeah, definitely. This is, it's been cool. I mean, anybody else, anything else they wanted to shout out? Last question. Uh, what's the best way to watch some of your guys' games um, that are coming up? Uh, coming up. So, so right now, if you want to see any past games, obviously YouTube's the best way to do it. Uh, coming up, we will, you know, we're not super mainstream yet. We're not getting on the ESPN yeah, just yeah. yet. But we ge- generally, if you follow the team on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter's a big one, Instagram, we will yeah. post links. Uh, sometimes the um, USMNT or just the US soccer page will give us a shout out and they'll post a link for us. But that's the best way is just to, to, to follow the, and it's a good way to get you guys to follow the team, right? But just follow the team. You'll yeah. see a link sent out and then that's the best way uh, to watch our games. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we'll link out everything. So That'd be great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure yeah well awesome we we're still coming up with our name for our fan base last uh our last guest came up with we we so just to give you a quick the understanding we we couldn't figure out because obviously this podcast is called biscuits and tea we sure. had the bad tea boys we can't go with the tea party because that's been uh politicized is that the correct word and uh wait wait then, wait, wait. If, if alex morgan can stick her pinky out and do the tea party celebration why can't you guys be the tea party well, we were thinking that it would be. I'm we were thinking. Saying. We just thought it was hers was celebrated. Battle. You don't own it. I mean, whatever. But yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not in your your brand. So, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, she was celebrated. So you guys should own it as well. I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like the biscuits and tea. I guess it's the wrong way of saying it to British people. So everyone that I work with is from from England, and they always get mad that we say biscuits and tea instead of uh, tea and biscuits. So maybe we seem to lean into it a little bit more, being the dumb Americans <laughs> that are making fun of. Yeah. Uh, all right well yeah we'll call it
Oh, you didn't. You didn't oh. even say. What oh, we, I didn't what say it. Yeah. Okay. Doing. Well, yeah. She's. She came up with. Uh, she's from Denmark. Uh, but she came up with. She thought it was really actually a really strange moment. She thought quietly, like on the podcast, for like five seconds, and then she just goes, "How about the B team?" Oh, so. We kind of (laughs) (laughs) don't bring her back on. (laughs) I I like it. I think it's the reason. Yeah, we we only like it because we're the uh, the ignorant guys trying to figure out and trying to learn stuff. You know, clearly this whole hour, I've learned more in this hour than I probably learned in you know three months in my. I also didn't want to be in school. Not because I didn't want to learn, but yeah, these type of things I learned so much more, and I just feel like it's a better way. But yeah, no, so big difference okay, between so being book smart and street smart. Street smart's where it's at. You just got to live life and, and learn it from there. So there you go. That is the B and T method. The method right there. Street exactly. Words of wisdom. All right, we'll end on that. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. Yeah.